Take your Bible this morning and turn to Proverbs chapter 20. We'll be there for just a second, and then we'll go to Genesis for just a few minutes. You know, we celebrate Father's Day today, and it's a day to be reminded as a husband and a father what we're supposed to be, a, a godly father, a godly man, a man of integrity. A man who's willing to turn everything over to the Lord. It's not just fathers, it's everybody. It's because we have a perfect father. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, it says, The just man walketh in his integrity, and his children are blessed after him. The just man walketh in his integrity. It's kind of hard to do. Not always easy. You know, to, to have integrity all the time. And, you know, I, I got, I said, Lord, you know, what's a good example of, of, of a father in the Bible? And there's so many. But I think one I, I like a lot is Abraham. And what I like about Abraham, Abraham made a lot of mistakes with his kids. And, and so it goes, the Lord lets us know sometimes, hey, you, you, you ain't got to be perfect. Dads, we're not perfect, are we? There's no father that is, but there is, well, there is one father that is. That's the Lord, our God's father, and, and he's perfect. But for the rest of us, we we have trouble measuring up. And in today's society where there's more absentee fathers than there are fathers, and I, 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 I neglect to call some of them absentee fathers because it's just more or less a, a baby's daddy, and then once that happened, they, they left. And so it's hard sometimes for some people to enjoy Father's Day. But if you had a godly father, you're a truly blessed individual. It doesn't mean that godly father was a perfect man. It doesn't mean that he did everything right. And they made mistakes. Just as Abraham did. But it's a father who's willing to do what God wants him to do. And then... In Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 19, we find the story of Abraham and Isaac. Isaac being his, his son, that one God promised him. And it says, It came to pass that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, behold, I am here, he said. And he said, Now take thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Morah, and offer him there for a burnt offering on the mountain, which I will tell thee. I want you to think about that. He's told, I want you to give me your son, Abraham. I want you to take him. Because Abraham knew what an offering was. And I want you to bring your son, and you're going to lay him on that offering, that, 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 that altar. You're going to slay your son for me. And, and, you know, I, I thought about this as I read it. Abraham never really says a word. It's not recorded. He didn't say, but God, you know, uh, 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 are you sure? You got the right guy? Maybe somebody else. Uh, and come up with all kinds of excuses. He didn't. It just says this. It says, it goes to verse 3. It says, Abraham rose up early in, in the morning, Silas ass took his two young men with him, and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, rose up and went to the place that God told him. He just went. God asked, and he did. 
you know, and, and a lot of people focus on the the gist of the story. He goes, and I want you to think about this. Is a, it's not just hey, we jump in the car, we go to church, and and we're there. It's a long trip, and so. Isaac being that son, as you notice that, that the Bible says he was a son that got that Abraham loved. And I'm sure that they talked and had and was close with each other. And as he got there, I can just imagine the emotions going through Abraham as he watches this son, the, this one that was promised to him, this 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 blessing, just run around it and knowing that, hey, I, 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 I'm going to be obedient to, to my father. I'm going to be obedient to God no matter what. There's been times in my life I wasn't. There was times that I took things into my own hand and then told God, hey, look what I did. Now you bless it. And that's why a lot of us line in the sand, I'm going to be obedient to you. And I'm the mountain and Isaac is there and he's looking around he said well daddy we got everything we did you said we're going to church today you said we're going to go worship we're going to offer a sacrifice but I can just sit in the back of his mind going he said but old stupid daddy hit the sacrifice at home because you think Isaac's probably about a teenager now and I don't know about y'all but when kids turn into teenagers something happens to them I know I was the same way I, I, I thought I, I became the most intelligent individual in the entire world. And my mama, she lost IQ points every time we turned around. And I can just see him and thinking about that. But hey, Daddy says we're going to do it. Daddy said God's going to provide the sacrifice. Well, that's Daddy knows. They go up on the mountain. Still don't see no sacrifice, but we're going. That is off his rocker. Now imagine when I when 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 Abraham grabs and puts them on that altar. What's going through his? Daddy said, "Provide that sacrifice." Daddy said, and "Abraham takes that knife." Be to what God asked him to do. And right before he plunges the knife, God stops him. And Isaac gets to hear, you were willing to give your son. You were willing to be obedient. I want you to think about that. Isaac saw a true man of God who was obedient in everything. So that's what we as men are called to be. We as Christians are called to be that kind of obedient to give God whatever he asked for to take and, and go above and beyond what you would think would be normal. It's sometimes it's a hard thing to do. And that's why I think it, it's hard to, to be a father. It's hard to be a child of God. It's hard to, to rise up to that. And I thought about that. I said, you know, you know, and I look at myself in the mirror and I ask myself many times, you know, as a father, as a husband, as a man, do I do what God wants me to do? Am I where I need to be? And I look at the guy in the mirror and I realize, no, I'm not. No, I've got a lot to do. I've got a long way to go. And it ought to be that with every one of us, no matter whether you're male, female, what. When you look at that mirror and you realize what we should be before, 
for a God who loved you enough that he gave his only begotten son. The Bible says that whosoever believes him shall not perish but have, now get this, everlasting life. God said, I love you so much that I want you with me forever. So because of sin, you can't do that. So me, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we came up with a way, and I gave my son so that you and I could have a relationship. That's the kind of loving God we have. And he says, now, if that's true, I want you to think about this. When you read the story of Abraham and Isaac, Isaac doesn't put up a a fight. He doesn't take off running. He is obedient to his father. He, he, now, I don't know what's probably going through his mind. We don't really know it or anything. And, 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 and there's, there's no mention of a fight here where Isaac had a, was lassoed to the ground as Abraham ties him up. He, he is obedient. God is there watching. So you have a boy who's being like his father. Thank you. Daddy, you're wrong. Already wasn't screaming. My father's got it under control. And Abraham knew my father's got it under control. Now, if that's true, don't you want one who's got it under control? Shouldn't we be more godly? Shouldn't we be what what uh, uh, the most we could be? Shouldn't we be people of integrity? Shouldn't we be godly? Shouldn't we be everything we can for the one who loves us the most? So I, I, I've got my, my sermon title. It's just titled Father's Day, but I have a thing that says, so real men are God-fearing men, men of integrity. And it, it's a man who is faithful. Paul said, First Corinthians chapter four, verse two it says, "Moreover, is required in students, students, stewards, that a man be found faithful." So, so get this: you're a steward because when you got saved, God gave you a gift. He says it's required that you be faithful to that gift. It's required. It's not something that's just say, "Hey, if you want to be." If you thank you, man, it says it's required. So it's something we ought to, we ought to, to work at, to strive. Say, Lord, I, I want to be faithful to you because of what you've done for me. I want to do everything I can. You know, I want to have a life that 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 this lived by faith that does what God wants. <coughs> it's like in Malachi chapter six, verse eight, where it says this: He has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee? You know, ain't that awesome? God, God not only says, I, I, I require you to be faithful, but when you read my word, I'm going to tell you what I really require, how to be that faithful. And he says this, he says that you're, you're to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. So he didn't just say, hey, I want you to be faithful. Hey, 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 Christian, hey, hey, Father, hey, Dad, I, I want you to be faithful. He says, I'm going to tell you how to do it. First, you need to be justly. You need to treat people fairly. You need to treat people right. 
I mean, how many of y'all do? How many of you treat me? Well, let me back up. Has anybody ever not treated somebody fairly? I'll go ahead and raise my hand for you. You know, have you ever treated somebody badly? Well, we're not supposed to do that. He tells you, you're, you're to love mercy. See, mercy is something of love that is not, that they don't give it back. God gives us mercy, and, and really, what do we deserve? We don't deserve mercy because we're sinners, but God, gets, through grace, gives us mercy and forgiveness. We're to love that, we're to, we're to treat people the same way. Anybody in here ever held a grudge with somebody? You ever? I, I, I knew some people held grudges with each other, and by the time it was over, they didn't know why they were mad at each other. They just knew they were mad. They couldn't release. They couldn't forgive. Well, see, to forgive people, you've got to start with yourself. Because when you're angry, that's a sin in your life you need to get hold of. The Lord, forgive me for having that kind of heart. Forgive me for having a heart of stone that I can't forgive it doesn't matter if they if they forgive you. You're supposed to forgive them. You should love mercy and share it with everyone. And so you're 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 to treat people with respect. You're to love mercy. And, and then then listen to this last part. This is the hard one. To walk humbly. To walk humbly. I mean, you 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 think. How many of us are truly humble in our walk with the Lord? You know, uh, you you realize that pride is the number one sin there is. That's what got Satan. That's what gets everybody else. It's pride. It's all about us. You know, and, and really, there's what are we? You ever thought about that? I mean, we were we were talking about this right before church. We were talking about grandkids and and, and when, when Obi and, and, and Genesis and, and Remy come got by, you know, and and man, I saw a picture the other day. It popped up on my Facebook. Sometimes I love my my Facebook feed. and it was a memory from eight years ago of Obi sitting by one of the pianos, looking at it while he was here at church. Trying to figure out what it was. And now that little bean pole, he's still skinny, he's still short, but he's, he's getting all tall. He's nine years old, be nine years old this month. And just like yesterday, he was born. It was just like yesterday, we were, we were young. It was just like yesterday, you were starting out. It was just like yesterday. Hey, you had your first child, and now look, we're a vapor. If we would realize what we are, we would walk humbly because one day everyone will stand before the Lord. Every knee will every tongue will confess. If we would do what God calls us to do and be faithful in our life to Him, imagine what we would be. But, but pride gets in the way and it becomes all about us. We don't live like we should. We live for ourselves. You know, he's, I said that it's required in stewards. You know, a faithful steward ain't no coward. 
You can't be. In Isaiah chapter 25, verse 10, Isaiah said this. He said, O Lord, thou art my God, and I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. How many of us really praise God? Thankful. You know, uh, uh, how many of you stop during the day and just thank God? How many of you ever just start praising the Lord because you're up walking around? You know, I think sometimes we're afraid. Well, well, what will what will my neighbor say? And here's how I know, because there's sometimes, hey man, the Holy Spirit's thick, and you can just feel his presence, and he's all over the place, and people standing there going, Well, I'd sing, but when somebody hears me, I'd smile. What if somebody sees me? I'd raise my hand and, and, and worship my Lord, but what would the neighbor beside me think? See, I'd go to the altar, but but people think I'm a sinner. See, we 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 don't praise him we, we we are more cowardly we're not the kind of steward who is faithful to our lord because we don't let it show we can't let it show in her here in church how can we let it show out in the world so i i, I realized man lord i i've got a lot to work on of being a man of faith what about this a real man is attentive to others Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says this, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And here's how I'm going to ask you, do you bear each other's burdens? When we, we, have, we have two wonderful tools in our church. We have a prayer chain where we call each other and, and, and give out prayer requests. We also have prayer requests. We have, we have a prayer group. It's not just people from the church. It's some other people that's joined in with us. So our prayers, we have a wonderful tool. But the thing is, if you're not praying when they call and they say, hey, just like this week, Gina and Gina's family had a loss. Her Uncle Larry passed away. We get called, hey, Gina's Uncle Larry passed away. Okay, we're starting the prayer chain. Well, did you pray? Did you get on your knees and say, Lord, help her with the burden, help her family during this time of loss? Or did you just forget about it as soon as you hung up? Maybe called one other person and say, hey, did you hear about Gina, Uncle Larry? Bear ye one another's burdens means being attentive to others. You ever saw somebody come in church and, 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 and they're normally happy, they're normally smiling? Do you just go up to them and say, hey, uh, uh, I love you, I want to pray for you, I don't know what's going on. But I just want to lift you up. Let you. I'm going to lift you up in prayer. You ever just gone up to somebody because laid them on your heart and say, "Hey, Jimmy, I love you. I just want you to know this week I'm going to be praying for you." I don't know what you got going on, but if there's a burden there, brother, I'm going to lift you up. We ought to be attentive to each other's needs instead of having to wait for a phone call or or or, or be told. Bear ye one another's burden. Do you do it when you're asked to pray? Because if you don't do it when you're asked to pray, then you're not doing what God's required of us to do. How can, how, how can I say I'm a man who's attentive if when asked to pray, that's the first and last time I think about it? Listen to this. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 
verses 1 and 2, he said this. He says, Now therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Do you share what God's done for you with other people? Do you realize sometimes the reason why we go through some of the junk we go through is that when somebody else goes through it, you can tell them, hey, I made it. I've been there. But you know what we do most of the time? Oh, bless their hearts. I know what they're going through. Boy, ain't that special. What about them? Did you tell them? Hey, I've been there. I walked in that valley. I've been through the valley of the shadow of death. I know what you're going through right now. And I want you to know I'm there for you if you need me. You know, a lot of times people won't come to you, but knowing that somebody else has been there, knowing that somebody else, if you, if you just go up to them and say, hey, will this ever get any better? You can say, it, it, it does, but it don't. The pain's always there, but you do make it through. Well, that's, a, that's a, it's an encouragement. Do you bear one another's burden? Do you help people out when they need it? See, I realize nothing. A, a, a real man of God, a real person who's walking like he ought to, he's timely. He knows the truth. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, Paul wrote this. He said that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And when he says redeeming the time, refers to the time that God's given us. Are you being, that's a good way to put this. Are you glorifying the time that God has given you? You know, the, have you ever like, you know, you, you, you uh, when you were working and got a day off, you're like, man, wait for that day off. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then the next thing you know, man, I go back to work. What happened to that time? What happened to that day off? What happened to the, all the plans I had? I was going to go do this. I was going to go see somebody. I was going to talk to somebody. But they're not there. How many of you wished you had one more day, one more hour with your dad? Just a little longer. You know, how many of you wished, parents, that you had one more day with that little kid? Those times when they came up to you and said, hey, will you play with me? I'm too busy. Will you, will you go outside with me? It's too hot right now. Don't you wish you could have that time? There's coming a day in your life and you'll say, I wish I had more time to be what God wanted me to be. I wish I'd have got serious a long time ago. I wish I wouldn't have wasted most of my life on me. I wish I'd have redeemed my time a lot better. 
See, somebody who's faithful to God, somebody who's walking where they are, realizes that, that the time is short. We live a limited amount of time. And we, we ought to glorify God as much as we can. We ought to live up to what we should and don't worry what everybody else thinks. Yeah, I think one of the problems with a lot of guys today is they think to be a Christian means you got to be a coward. You got to be a chicken. They think meekness is weakness, and it's not. Our our, our society worries on what everybody else thinks and, and and not what you know God thinks. Isn't that that's what's amazing? I'm worried about what everybody else thinks, but I don't really. I'm not really worried what God thinks, and I'm gonna spend eternity. You know, how many of y'all used to worry about how you look? I used, I used to have a head full of hair. You can ask you, when she met me, I had a head full of black hair. I still don't know what happened to it, but I had a head full of black hair. And then one day I look in the mirror, and my forehead just kept getting bigger and bigger. I tried everything you possibly could. She even bought me some Rogaine. You know what that gained me? Less money. Wasn't no help. I looked in the mirror. I go, what happened to that young man? He worried about how, and, and I think, man, that was wasted. Why did I worry what people thought about me and not paid attention to the one who knew me? I didn't redeem the time. See, we ought to live that day as if we're living our last day. If you knew today was your last day, what would you do? How would you act? If today was it and you tomorrow you faced the Lord and you knew you'd stand in judgment, James says in James chapter 4, verse 10, he says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he shall lift you up. Would that be how you spent your last days? Or would it be all about you? He tells us in verse 14. He says, whereas you know not what shall be tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor. That will appear for a little time and then vanish away. Are you a timely person? Do you redeem time to honor and live for the Lord? You know, the Bible tells us this. Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, he says, so whatsoever you do, let me make sure I got it right. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Everything you do, do you thank God for? Or is most of the things you do. Last thing. A real man of God, a real person with integrity, a real obedient person is someone who is hearing and answering. Someone who hears God and answers them. 
Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, Isaiah says he heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I'm sure Isaiah looked around and says, Well, I guess it'll be somebody sitting behind me or somebody in front of me. He says, No, I'm a man of unclean lips, but sit. but send me. When God calls, do you answer? When he knocks at the door of your heart, do you open it up? When he says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I mean, if God could take and wash that, that red sin out of wool, wash it out of snow, it be as white and as pure as it can be, don't you think he can fix any problem you've got? When he calls, uh, how, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm like Moses, and I know that when, when God called Moses, he made all kind of excuses. When God called uh, uh, Jeremiah, he said, I'm too young. He made excuses. God, everybody makes excuses. I, you know, Jesus had a lot of them. He says, hey, come follow me. Oh, let me go bury mom and daddy. They live and well, but let me bury them first, and then I'll follow you. Hey, I, I just got married. Let me get everything in order, and I'll follow you. I just bought a field. I, I got to go plant it and make sure it grows and that, make sure that I get profit off of it. Then I'll follow you. Uh, hey, I, I, I got to grow up. I got to do this. We all come up with all kinds of excuses as why we don't follow the Lord. And, 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 and Jesus, I love the last answer. Jesus. God, why? Because when you're spending too much time looking at stuff you got, you can't go straight. You know, you think about that. The, he gives that example of plowing a field, and if the man's not paying attention, that animal that's pulling the plow can go wherever it wants. So that's an example in our life. If you're not paying attention, whatever's leading you is going to go wherever it wants. Go, go over here, go over there, instead of where it needs to. But let me tell you, the secret is the plowing will stop one day. Where will you be? When God calls, when he's standing there knocking on the door of your heart, do you answer? So many times, talking to people, there's problems in their life. They come up with every excuse as to why it wasn't their fault. See, I've heard them all. And what's really bad is I've used them all. God calls, and I use the excuse. See, a real true person who's striving to be what God wants them to be will lay aside the, the excuses, will lay aside those things, say, Lord, I'm not much, but send me. Lord, I'll step forward whatever I can you say well preacher I can't do much neither can I 
God equips those he calls. You ever realize that? God equips those he calls. I'm blessed when I answer the call. I'm a fool when I ignore it. The whole book of Proverbs is about seeking after knowledge. Knowledge only comes from one place. That's from the Lord Jesus. For without Him, you're nothing. And if you think you are, then I'm going to put it plainly as I can, then you're a fool. And one day you'll see the truth. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, this is a different Father's message, Dave's message than, I, than I'd wanted. It's different than what I planned. But Father, right now, somebody needs to hear the truth. Because they're looking at themselves and not at, at you. They do everything for themselves and nothing for you. They're not striving as they should. You've set a bar for us to be. You said be ye perfect. We know there's no way, but it should be something we strive for. So, Father, I pray right now for the one who, who needs it the most. Father, you burden their heart. Let them realize, open their eyes, that what they need to do is set themselves aside and cling to you. Lord, it's hard. It's not easy. We tend to want to pick things back up, but we don't. There's somebody that needs to, to let go of the burdens in their life and take yours. Lord, there's somebody that needs to, to quit being fake and be real. There's somebody who needs to talk to you, but they won't. They've made every excuse why you won't listen, but they forget that you already know. So, Lord, have your way in this invitation. Lord, just fill our hearts with your presence and draw us close to you. Lord's name I pray. Amen. I ask you to stand to your feet as we go. We sing page 187. We sing the altar's open. You just need to be where you're at. You just be obedient to the Spirit. said if your father's still alive that you, you give him a call if if you get no fathers you don't have to give him a call tell people happy father's day you know uh, the gift i always want for father's day is to have my kids around me 
Some years I get it, some years I don't. You know, because the way it is, I got one that's got to work almost every other Sunday. So, you know, and things happen. Now, I know many of you would love to have your kids with you, and they're not home. So, Dad, happy Father's Day for me. I've got a, some pens. Julie's going to take them to the back just a second, and we're going to pass them out. If I want to make sure every dad gets one or two of them. If you know a dad to give one to or a guy to give one to, grab one and give it to them. They got church address on, so you can invite people to church with them too. So that's my that's my Father's Day gift to you. And I pray that you have a wonderful Father's Day. Hey, and some of you ready for a nap, go home, take one, and ladies, treat that man just, just as good as you can. Yeah. Notice I said as good as you can. Uh, uh, but I hope pray you have a blessed, wonderful Father's Day. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you, you Lord, you just, just be with every father, every man that's here. Lord, and just remind us of, of our daddy. Many, many daddies have already gone home to be with you. So, Lord, I pray right now that you, you comfort those who need comforting. Father, I thank you for the fact that you give us a standard to become. You tell us to work out our own salvation, and it's a daily struggle as we daily press towards the mark. Help us to go in the right direction. Thank you for those that are here, Father. I lift them up to you. Father, for those who are, who are struggling, those who hurt, Lord, I pray you touch them. And Lord, those who couldn't be here, I pray you're with them. And those that are watching, watch over them. Thank you for all that you do. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen.